On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, major Model Y news that might disappoint some folks, but should please a lot of others. Plus, Austin steps up their efforts to land the Cybertruck Gigafactory, Model 3s are maintaining a very high resale value, and more. What's happening, friends? Welcome to episode 259 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. This one for July 19th, 2020. Daisy the Boxer Puppy snoozing behind me as usual at this time of the night. Well, I am in a very good mood. I'm very happy, very grateful. I got my Model 3 back from Immaculate Reflections repairing the damaged paint protection film. It is good as new. In fact, it's better. It's better than new because they don't come out of the factory looking like that. When, when a good detailer like Immaculate Reflections gets through with it, it looks better than new. You get your paint correction, uh, you know, you get your ceramic coating on there. Car looks great. I'm very thrilled. Just happy to, happy to have my mistake erased. Yes, it cost me, but you know what? Better, again, for me, better that than, than having to pay for paint repair or living with the damage. Uh, so just very, very happy to have a better than new spirit of adventure back in my garage. So thank you again to Immaculate Reflections for, once again, for your fine craftsmanship. Quick programming note, Tesla's Q2 earnings call is next week. So again, look out for my quarterly highlights and analysis episode next week, episode 260. Those are always a lot of work to put together, but man, I always have a lot of fun doing them. I love how they turn out. It feels more, I love those because, at least to me, you know, I want this to feel kind of like a radio show because I love radio and I grew up, grew up listening to a lot of radio. And, and those quarterly episodes, to me, feel the most like proper radio shows from, from this podcast. So hope you enjoy that. Next week should be a good one. We'll see if Tesla makes the S&P 500. We'll see if they uh, eked out profitability. It will be very interesting to see what we learn next week. Uh, and then, of course, we've got Battery Day coming up, so plenty of exciting stuff coming up in the world of Tesla in 2020. First up in uh, Tesla news this week, major, major Model Y news this week. So, uh, And it's not just one thing, it's a few things. First, let me give you uh, all the good, the good news here, because there's plenty of it. The price of the Model Y dropped by $3,000. The Model Y long range now starts at $49,900. Now, interestingly, that's the exact same price that the long range Model 3 debuted at in 2017, and it stayed that price for quite a while. So, you know, you fast forward three years, and now you can get a bigger vehicle with almost exactly the same amount of range for the same price that the Model 3 started at just a few short years ago. Uh, so more progress evident there from Tesla. That's pretty cool. Second, the Performance Model Y specifically, which features staggered 21-inch, the Uber Turbine wheels, 
That was originally classified as a 280 mile range car. Well, Tesla is now advertising it as a 291 range uh, mile range car. And I'll tell you my guess here, and I have to say it is just a guess because Tesla hasn't said what the actual reason is, at least as of my recording here. But my guess is that they were really conservative on the original number, the 280 mile number, and that real world data over time, both in their own testing and externally, because they can they can pull all that data from the cars if they want to, that I'm guessing they just bore out a real world figure of 291. Um, I would suspect that there aren't any physical changes to the performance vehicle itself. I mean, it, it just wouldn't make sense to have a hardware change on just the performance model. That would seem more unlikely than not, given what we know of, of Tesla's history. So I suspect this is just conservative data proving out to be uh, something that could be updated to be even better in the, in the final real-world result. So more good stuff. Now, the good news, the, this is now the, probably the best news out of, out of all of this. I think a lot of you will be very happy. If you haven't heard this yet, I am extremely pleased and uh, grateful to be able to be the one to tell you the originally promised rear-wheel drive only Model Y is coming soon now. It is happening. Remember, of course, the, the car launched in March with, officially March, with no, no sign of that rear-wheel drive car. It was, it was just the dual-motor long-range and then the performance dual-motor and then penciled in for 2021 was the standard range, but there was just nothing on the books as far as that that uh, rear-wheel drive Model Y, which was mentioned at the original reveal, and many of you out there probably have a an order for it, a reservation for it. Well, you will get to cash that reservation in. You will get to fulfill that order. Elon taking to Twitter to say, quote, we have reduced pricing on Model Y long-range dual motor and will offer a long-range single motor Y in a few months, which improves affordability while still keeping the product excellent. He added, quote, doing range testing now, the number, meaning the range, will be significantly higher than 300. It's extremely good for any EV, especially an SUV. Now, the reason he floats the number 300 there is because at the Model Y reveal in March 2019, that presentation said that the, the long-range single motor, long-range rear-wheel drive Y would be a 300-mile range car. So it's, it is going to turn out to be better than that. So I would say this is huge news. That's why I titled this episode what I did. A lot of people have been waiting on this one. A lot of people. Uh, it's been asked about constantly since the Model Y's launch four months ago. I would pricing. We don't have pricing yet. I would expect this variant to be between three and five thousand dollars less than the current dual motor version. So let's just split the difference. Let's call it four thousand dollars less, just for the sake of argument. And if that's the case, that would mean a starting price of about forty-six thousand dollars for a Model Y that will exceed, exceed by, uh, according to Elon, significantly exceed 300 miles of range. Now, theoretically, 
it should have a longer range than the 316 mile dual motor Model Y, just like the rear wheel drive long range Model 3 can beat out the dual motor Model 3 in a range test. So uh, I think that single motor, that rear wheel drive Model Y is going to be an incredibly good value for families, for anybody. I mean, now the primary thing, it, it's not all sunshine and roses, the primary thing that you will sacrifice is performance. Obviously, it will not be an all-wheel drive vehicle. So you will sa you'll sacrifice performance in that as well. Zero to 60 times going to take a hit. Uh, the handling will take, you won't quite, you won't get quite as much of that slot car kind of handling that you get out of the uh, all-wheel drive Teslas. But I would imagine that those things are not high priorities for, I would argue, most crossover SUV buyers. And if that is a priority for crossover SUV buyers, Tesla does have a vehicle to take care of that, <laughs> that desire, and it's the Performance Model Y. So, uh, a few months, Elon says, that means it's probably going to be available in Q4, uh, seemingly relatively early on, if his if his a few months holds pretty true, so that could end up being a particularly big spark for what should already be a very big fourth quarter. Q4 is always the biggest quarter for Tesla, as I think it is for most, if not all, automakers. And having that that uh, rear wheel drive Model Y in there with you know well in excess of 300 miles of range. That should be a very, very popular choice when it goes on sale in a few months. All right, now the bad news. There's, unfortunately, there's, there's a, a lot of good news. There is one bit of bad news here. For those of you that were waiting for the standard range Model Y, there will not be one. Listener Jason tweeted at Elon and said, Info on the standard range Model Y was just taken down from the configuration page is it still going to be made? To which Elon did reply, and he said, quote, no, as the range would be unacceptably low, mean, and he notes under 250 miles. So the, the statement there that below 250 is, is no longer acceptable for Elon or for Tesla. And to that point specifically, I say it's good to see Tesla's standard for acceptable range go up to 250 miles. Now, Tesla has sold lower range cars before. In fact, quite a bit lower than that. The original 40 kilowatt hour Model S, of which very, very few were sold, if I recall correctly, they were in fact software locked 60 kilowatt hour packs. There, there was never actually a physical 40 kilowatt hour battery pack ever put into a Model S. But if I'm remembering right, those cars were about 160 miles of range. Um, now, that car was made specifically to fulfill a, a price point promise. Early on, long before production ever started, Elon had promised a $50,000 sedan, something that was basically half the price of the original Tesla Roadster. So they did fulfill that promise, but it was uh, not a particularly long-range car and something that did not prove to be uh, very desired amongst customers. So anyway, 
Then there were the 60 kilowatt hour Model S's, which were there from, from uh, day one of the Model S. Well, not day one, I guess, cause just because they started with the signature models, which were 85s, the, 80, the regular 85 kilowatt hour batteries and the P85, the performance. But anyway, when, when general production started on the S, you could order a 60 kilowatt hour Model S, which uh, I believe was a 230 mile range car, if memory holds there. Now, Tesla did also briefly offer a 60 kilowatt hour Model X, which I think was 190 miles. I, know, I remember it was sub 200. And then of course, the standard range, not the standard range plus, the standard range standard <laughs> Model 3, which is 220 miles and now is no longer available as well. The standard range plus Model 3 started life as a 240 mile range car, but efficiencies there, they were able to bump it up and it is a 250 mile range car meeting Elon's stated minimum criteria there. And the Model Y in its uh, soon to be cheapest configuration, the rear wheel drive long range variant will be 300 plus miles of range. And then you've got the S of course now 400 miles of range, unless you go with the performance, in which case you still get a three, 350 mile range car. Uh, the Model X at 350 miles as well. And then the Cybertruck coming up, the base model for that will meet Elon's minimum stated criteria. The single motor rear wheel drive Cybertruck, 250 miles of range as well. So uh, it is a bummer though. I mean, I'm sure there were plenty of people that were really looking for that ultra affordable, I mean, again, relative to the Tesla fleet, the most affordable Model Y they could get that would be a, uh, a standard range that would be more like a 220 mile range, similar to the, uh, the standard range Model 3. That will no longer happen, but perhaps, uh, hopefully, the people that were waiting for that will still be able to, to make their situation work and, and go ahead and get the rear wheel drive long range Model Y. So uh, if you're affected and you're, you're disappointed, I, I definitely feel for you. Tesla, for better and for worse, because it does go both ways, they do change their minds. They do change their plans quickly and suddenly. Oftentimes it's for the better, sometimes it's not. And so there are no doubt people that were waiting for that standard range Y that are now, that, that may now be priced out of it potentially. So I do uh, empathize with, with those people. Now, this brought, this brought up another discussion with a friend of mine. And I, what I wanted to say about it was this. Now, for if you're kind of listening to this thinking, well, wait a second, the, the base model Cybertruck, is that just going to get canceled? Because the standard range Y, canceled. Standard range 3, canceled. That 40 kilowatt hour Model S from the early days, canceled. Or uh, if in the case of the standard range Y, it never came out at all. And in the, the uh, other examples I gave, they were dropped fairly quickly. So if you're concerned about that, if you're listening to this thinking, uh-oh, I want the single, I want the rear wheel drive, standard range, 250 mile, $39,900 Cybertruck, are they ever going to build that or, or are they just going to drop that too? I would not be worried about that. And here's why. For one, Tesla promised those other cars that I mentioned 
by price. The price point was the promise. The Model 3 was pumped up. You saw articles all over the place, and deservedly so, because Tesla advertised it this way. The Model 3 was pumped up for years as the Tesla, the $35,000 Tesla. The, as I mentioned earlier, the Model S before it went into production with that advertised $50,000 option. Again, Elon had promised a $50,000 Model S than they did deliver. The Cybertruck also had that big public pricing moment during its reveal. I was lucky enough to be in the room, and I can tell you, and you could probably tell by watching the stream, but I can absolutely tell you from being in the room, of all the crazy things during that Cybertruck presentation, the broken windows, the, the sledgehammer to the door, all that stuff, just the literal appearance of the truck, of the whole night, the, when, when the screen flashed up behind Elon and it said, starts at 39,900, that was the biggest audible gasp in the room that entire night. That was the, the holy cow moment of that presentation. The Model Y, the standard range Model Y that's been, that's been cut here, Contrary to those other cars I just mentioned, the Model Y never had a promised base price. They, there was never a, yeah, get your $37,500 Model Y. That never happened. So uh, Tesla was never beholden to releasing a vehicle uh, at that price point, and thus here they decided to make the decision to cut that standard range model. And I think they'll, again, with empathy to those who were hoping for that, I think Tesla will, will probably end up not catching a ton of flack for eliminating that standard range Model Y. But mostly good news here, as I said, mostly good news. Now there's one other, this next one, I don't know if it's quite bad news. It's, it's, it's I don't know what it is. So I'm just gonna pass it along. Model Y and track mode. If you're buying a performance Model Y and you're hoping for track mode so you can take your performance crossover SUV out to the track and throw it around. Well, is the Model Y gonna get track mode? Maybe, maybe, but not so fast. I, my friend John from the Tesla Owners Club of Silicon Valley asked Elon, can we get track mode for the Model Y? Is it possible? Elon replying to John saying simply, yes. Now. While the Model Y might, in fact, get a track mode, because remember, Tesla had actually previously, previously, pardon me, said no to track mode on the Model Y, Elon could have been replying to the is it possible part, because he's done that kind of stuff before, and it's, I'm not blaming John, I'm not trying to throw him under the bus, but you do kind of have to be careful with the way you word things to Elon, because it can... If he gives you an answer, it can end up in this, as in this case, being vague and not being something that you're particularly certain of. So it is, of course, possible for the Model Y to have track mode. It's simply a software decision now on Tesla's part. But uh, the, the question is, what did Elon say yes to? The track mode itself for the Model Y or just that it's possible on the Model Y? So 
I do hope it does happen, but I guess my my ultimate point here is to say, keep your expectations in check on this one. Maybe don't start planning any track days with your Model Y just yet until if and when it actually does happen. So I'll keep an eye on that. We'll see what happens. Uh, next up this week, in yet another busy week of Tesla news, Gigafactory 5 coming to the central United States. We're down to seemingly two locations. Well, we've got an update on that, and I want to tip my cap to listener Adrian Brotado. Adrian, thank you so much for alerting me to this. The Silicon Hills News, which is a tech site covering Austin and San Antonio, says Travis County commissioners, Travis County being the Austin area there, Travis County commissioners just approved an economic incentive agreement with Tesla, and the $1.1 billion Gigafactory is one step closer to becoming a reality if Elon Musk and Tesla pick Austin as the location for its Cybertruck manufacturing plant. Now, there was a follow-up report from the Austin Statesman newspaper who wrote, quote, Under the terms of the deal, the amount of the tax incentives to Tesla could rise significantly if the company invests more than $1.1 billion in the manufacturing plant, which it has said will employ 5,000 people. The amount will also, uh, pardon me, the amount also will rise if the agreement eventually is extended for an additional decade, as both the county and Tesla envision. Four of five Travis County commissioners voted to approve the incentive agreement uh, this past week. Commissioner Jeff Trevilian, whose district includes the potential site for the factory, uh, led, he said that the risk of losing the project was too great, so he voted yes. He said, quote, We are talking about a transformational project that will address poverty and opportunity in that area for generations, he said. The county's agreement calls for at least 50% of Tesla's employees of the factory to be Travis County residents, although a county spokesman said earlier this week that the criterion for measuring that benchmark, such as the timing and length of residency, haven't been worked out. Well, thank you to Adrian, Silicon Hills News, and the Austin States Statesman there. Uh, well, I'll tell you, this is exactly what Tesla wants. They've got both Austin and Tulsa absolutely fawning over them. I am extraordinarily confident that because of that, Tesla is going to get a good deal out of this one way or another. And you know, there's a lot of prestige on the line here. You 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 have the the chance to to win the right to claim that you're the home of the Cybertruck. And of course, there are also a lot of jobs on the line as well. Now, I have to say, a caveat, as if it wasn't obvious already, I'm not an economist, so uh, what, I, what I really seriously want to say, though, is I don't want to immediately take Tesla's side here and say that, well, Austin would automatically win with this incentive package because, quite frankly, that would be a bit hypocritical of me to say, again, not only because I'm not an economist, but... I, uh, to, to veer off on a slight tangent for a moment, I am personally, even though I'm a huge sports fan, I am personally very much in the billionaire sports owners should build their own stadiums 
camp. That's uh, generally where I fall when it comes to my sports fandom. And I'm not a fan of these sports owners, these billionaire sports owners, asking for a handout from the cities, counties, states where they want to put up their new stadiums. But the thing is, this isn't a sports stadium. It's a very different industry, and it would be operational 365 days a year, and not just for eight home games and the playoffs, if we're talking about a football stadium. But what I think is reasonable to point to, even if you, I'm sure you could poke a million holes in my sports stadium kind of sort of comparison there, but what I do think is reasonable to point to is Gigafactory 1 in Reno which by all accounts, Tesla has held up their end of the bargain there thus far in terms of the job creation. So I think that is something that the local and state governments in Austin and Tulsa can look to as they continue their efforts to woo Tesla. I mean, at this point, I wonder how much longer it's going to be before Elon and the Tesla team make their final decision because... I would think they'd want to try and do it soon because they're going to want to break ground as quickly as they possibly can because that that Cybertruck is still currently on paper due to start production at, at, towards the end of 2021. That's that's uh, basically less than a year and a half at this point. So we'll see what happens when it comes to the Gigafactory 5 decision. Next this week... A quick update for Model S and Model X supercharging. Turns out newer builds of those cars uh, are going to be able to now do 250 kilowatt supercharging, just like the 3 and the Y. Elon saying on Twitter, quote, We had to increase some wire thickness in S and X to reduce resistive heating. Technically, it won't quite be 1,000 miles per hour charging as the X especially is much bigger than, th- than the 3, end quote. Now, regardless, it's, I think it's great to see this because for a while this has is, this is left not just me but a lot of uh, Tesla fans and certainly S and X owners scratching their heads because while I know Tesla has its reasons, it's never made practical sense that the more premium and more expensive flagship cars in the Tesla fleet cannot charge as fast as the 3 and the Y can. So love seeing the S and the X get that supercharger boost so that they can, uh, they can charge pretty well as fast as any of the other cars in the fleet. Let's see here. Uh, a few more stories. We're still going this week. Next up. Uh, Model 3s are holding up very well in the resale value department. Thank you very much. According to a new study conducted by the car search engine site iccars.com, which analyzed over 6.9 million car sales to identify which vehicles experienced the most and least depreciation in the past three years. Now, as it turns out, the Model 3 is able to retain its value over five times better than other EVs in the market. This story coming, I saw this on Teslarati, so this is their report. Thank you, Teslarati. As noted by IC Cars in its recent study, a vehicle generally depreciates 39.1% after the average lease term of three years. 
According to IC Cars CEO Fong Lee, three years is a popular age for used car buyers because vehicles would have taken a major depreciation hit by the three-year mark, and the cars generally are equipped with a good amount of recent features. Quote, Categorically, electric vehicles depreciate more than the average vehicle because resale values take into account the $7,500 federal tax credit and other state and local credits that were applied to these vehicles when they were bought new. Because the technology of EVs changes at a rapid pace, obsolescence also plays a role in their dramatic depreciation, as well as consumer range anxiety and lack of public charging infrastructure, the CEO explained. That was a quote there. Uh, and continuing, quote, The Tesla Model 3 is still very much in high demand since it started production in 2017. Even though it doesn't present a bargain compared to its new car price, it offers consumers a more affordable option for owning a Tesla, the study noted. Well, I'll tell you, I get why EVs depreciate faster, generally speaking. You've got the tech advancing more quickly, and you've got cars, uh, sorry to pick on it, but like the, it's well documented, like the first generation, not the new one, the first generation Nissan Leaf, battery degradation is a major problem with that car. It hits hard and it hits fast. But on the other hand, that, that uh, faster depreciation on an EV kind of seems a bit backwards, doesn't it? Because electric vehicles with heavy mileage on them, just by definition, it's physics, they have less wear and tear on them than a similar internal combustion engine car due to the exponentially fewer moving parts. So I think the lesson here is your Model 3, and probably in two to three years from now, Model Y, will probably hold its value pretty well at least compared to just about every other electric vehicle out there. So, good story there. Uh, last big story, and then one final quick note after that. Tesla's president of automotive, Jerome Guillen, who has, of course, been with the company quite a while, he's heading up the semi-truck project, he has hinted at a very welcome expansion to service centers for Tesla. Another hat tip to Tesla Roddy on this one, who writes... Tesla continues to grow its service presence. Some exciting openings coming up in the coming weeks. Uh, this is, by the way, this is these are Jerome's words on LinkedIn. He's saying, uh, "Still looking for suitable spaces in Los Gatos, Campbell. That's here in the Bay Area, South Bay, South Atlanta, Glendale, or Northwest Phoenix in Arizona, Naples, Florida, and Puerto Rico." If you know some space immediately available, please contact me, Guillen wrote on his LinkedIn page. Now, uh, again, the South Bay, that's the Los Gatos Campbell location he mentioned. They, I would guess, I'm very confident in saying this, even though I don't have any actual data in front of me to back it up, but I am very confident in, in surmising that they probably have one of the highest concentrations of Teslas in the entire country and thus, the entire world. There are so many Teslas down there. It's Silicon Valley. You've got Apple. You've got Google. You've got Tesla itself. I mean, there are a lot of Teslas. You take a ride down there, you will see them a lot. If, you're, if you try to count them, you will lose count. But uh, So my point there is to say, 
it is no surprise that Tesla is looking to get another service center down there. Now, that will no doubt be music to the ears of listeners like Elizabeth from Los Gatos, a regular caller who we're actually going to hear from a bit in the Ride the Lightning hotline, and a lot of other listeners as well. So that is good news. Now, meanwhile, I can personally relate to the Phoenix area there with Glendale, uh, the Northwest Valley, because... Uh, my, as, as you know, if you've been listening for a while, my parents are down there and I've got a lot of extended family in Arizona as well in the Phoenix area. And I definitely know from, from talking to them, from talking to folks in the Tesla community in Arizona, they're, they're stretched pretty thin down there with the existing Scottsdale and Tempe locations, which are both in the East Valley. The West Valley could certainly use a location because if you don't know, if you're not familiar with the Phoenix area, the Phoenix metro area is huge. I mean, it's just vast. So, you know, getting from one side to the other, it's a lot of miles, a lot of time. And so getting a service center over on the west side of town would be uh, huge there. And then as for the others, good news on Florida. We know there's plenty of Teslas down in Florida as well. And then especially Puerto Rico as well. It'd be awesome to see Tesla get an official presence going on in Puerto Rico too. I mean, service center expansion is just absolutely critical to uh, not only Tesla's growth, their future growth, but also for their customer retention. You've got to keep the existing customers happy and keep their cars on the road. So I hope to see more and more and more service center locations popping up. Finally this week, if you happen to listen to podcasts in your Tesla, for instance, this one, <laughs> uh, if you listen to podcasts in your car via the Bluetooth connection on your phone, well, Elon's got a, uh, some. if it's not quite good news, it's certainly encouraging news. Because he says, quote, in general, we need to improve how podcasts play in the cars, he's, he's certainly saying there. So hopefully that means you're going to see some improvement there soon. I know I see a lot of posts in the community and I get some calls and emails from time to time that the uh, podcast listening experience through your phone, through the Bluetooth in the car uh, is, is a flawed situation. It's, uh, it'll not save where you left off. It's just it's, it's not as good as it should be. So glad to see Tesla uh, paying attention to that and thus hopefully improving it fairly soon. All right, that is the end of a busy Tesla news block for this week, but stick with me. I've got plenty of your excellent Ride the Lightning hotline calls coming up, plus your pro tip of the week and some more right after this. All July long, Ride the Lightning is brought to you by Connect Coolers. Perfect for summertime here. It is the only hard cooler custom designed to fit your Model 3. It fits perfectly right in the rear trunk well, and it's perfect for road trips, heading to the beach, and everything in between. It features a Tesla-inspired design with responsive handles and thicker insulation than industry standards for superior thermal performance. It's made in the USA and connects ships for free anywhere in the US or Canada. 
You can be one of the first to get it and also lock in a discount of up to 20% when you visit cnctcoolers.com to pre-order. That's $60 off. Head on over to cnctcoolers.com now before the special pre-order price expires. That's cnctcoolers.com. Welcome once again to the Ride the Lightning Hotline, your time to participate in the podcast with your questions, comments, discussion topics. I invite you to participate. There are one of two easy ways that you can do just that. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question, comment, or discussion topic. Please, respectfully, please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many callers each week as possible. And then email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com or you can do that same thing with your same 90 second or less question, comment, or discussion topic and dial into the Ride the Lightning hotline itself and leave a message. You can call or Skype it at 1-888-989-8752. Again, that's one 888 tsla And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Going to start it off with a, uh, unfortunately, this person did not identify themselves, but I am happy to help regardless. So, anonymous caller, kick us off. Ryan, hey man, hope you're doing well. Um, Hey, I just wanted to let you know I got my first Model 3 last month and and I'm enjoying it a lot. And uh, I have to say, I owe a lot of the the credit to wanting to get a Tesla uh, to you, man. I've been listening to your uh, podcast for some time now and really appreciate it and try to be a very faithful weekly listener. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to ask you a question, actually, or if you know, or if anybody out there in the audience might know. Uh, so we are taking a short trip um, to the Tennessee mountains, to the Smoky Mountains here coming up uh, in August, trying to socially distance and still doing that, of course. Uh, but we're going to be staying in a cabin out there. And I'm from the Midwest. We're from Indiana. So I'm used to very flat ground. And regenerative bake, uh, braking is great here, of course. But my question was, when you're coasting down mountains and hills and such, in a normal uh, ice car, you have to a lot of times gear down uh, so as to not make your brakes get hot or anything like that. And I was wondering if anybody out there might be able to give me some uh, insight or wisdom on, is there anything special that I should do with my Model 3 uh, when it comes to regenerative brake, uh, braking? or if there's anything else that I should be aware of when driving down uh, steep grades or maybe long grades uh, of just coasting. So any information you can give me on that, that would be amazing. Uh, always look forward to the podcast every week, and keep up the good work, man. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for calling in. I am happy to try and help you with this. In short, no, you don't have to worry about anything. It's summer conditions, it's nice and warm, so there's no safety issue with going down mountains on your regular tires. And as long as your regen is set to normal, you can actually kind of turn this into a fun game. See how many miles that you can go, uh, both down the mountain and then even after you reach level ground again, 
assuming you are hitting level ground when you get to the bottom of the mountain and not just like going right back up again. But uh, <laughs> anyway, see how many miles that you can go down the mountain and then after you hit the bottom and level out before you start consuming range miles again. Because you're going to regenerate a decent bit of energy from going down that mountain. You'll see your, your bar underneath the speed, uh, your, your speed that you're going, just go very green. Now, you'll burn up that range, of course, going up the mountain. Like you, it's, it's, not, uh, it's still a net negative. You're going to burn more going up than you're going to get back coming down. But still, it's fun to watch the car recapture some of that juice going back down the mountain. For me, it's on the other side of the grapevine, heading north back towards San Francisco outside of the greater Los Angeles area here when you're coming down the grapevine. My car will go a good, because I've watched, five to seven miles after reaching flat ground before it starts actually ticking miles down off the battery again because of what it put back in on the way down the mountain. So have fun with it. Be safe. Enjoy. Christy from Austin, another regular, is up next. Good to hear from her. Go ahead, Christy. Hey, Ryan. It's Christy from Austin. So glad to hear that your car was not damaged and was saved by that PPF. That is super, super exciting. Um, Wanted to call in with a couple of topics. I'll try to keep them short here. First off, I am super excited. I just got my hardware 3 upgrade on my Model 3. I had purchased full self-driving during a previous sale uh, when the price was reduced and had been waiting on that computer upgrade for quite a while. I got a notification in the Tesla app. The inbox showed a message from Tesla showing that my computer was ready and I could schedule that. So it took about two weeks to get on the schedule. They wouldn't do it mobile, um, even though I have had mobile service out here before, I think with the fear that something could go wrong, they uh, they do those in-house still, at least in certain areas. And um, I also tried to see if they could get my zero-G wheels um, installed at the same time. Like you, I've been waiting on those for a while. I didn't get them through the referral program, but I actually purchased them when they went on sale in March of this year. They promised wheels delivery in April, but as we know, pandemic has changed a lot of those uh, already fuzzy delivery dates from Tesla. So... Anyways, um, no issues with my hardware 3 upgrade. All went great. And one PSA I just wanted to give, uh, or maybe it's a pro tip, make sure to check your frunk. When I was cleaning my car out um, before I took it to the service center just to make sure I didn't have anything extra left in there, I realized that the UMC that I keep in the frunk, which I rarely ever use because we have a HPWC installed at home, um, that uh, case for the UMC had gotten really moldy. There had somehow been some moisture that got in the frunk. Maybe it's just the humidity here in Texas, but the uh, frunk mat and the case were pretty gross. Had to clean those up, and thankfully the cable wasn't um, affected by it at all. So anyways, just a reminder, especially if you're not driving a lot like me, um, make sure to check that frunk. All right. Have a good one, Ryan. Later. Always great to hear from you, Christy. Uh, I just had my appointment canceled for my zero-G wheels for the third time. And by the way, I'm not just making appointments. <laughs> I get the email saying, hey, your wheels are ready. Go ahead and make an appointment to redeem them. Now they're telling me, please make an appointment in the second week of August. So if that holds, uh, I'll have ended up wait- waiting three and a half months for them, which It's a little silly considering they sent out emails two months ago telling people they were ready, but 
hey, oh well, uh, what can I say? They're they're I'm getting them for free from the referral program, so can't really complain. Anyway, I'm really glad to hear that your hardware three upgrade went well, and thank you for the recommendation to check the frunk. By the way, you also made me think of something. Uh, just a, a random thought here. I wonder what percentage of paid hardware three upgrades have yet to be done. Like, I wonder how far along Tesla is in getting them out to everybody who is supposed to have them. I mean, eventually they won't have to do them at all anymore because they'll all be done. And then of course, all the, all the paying people will be done. And obviously all the cars come with hardware three now. So it is a temporary problem for them, but yeah, I kind of wonder what percentage complete they are with those upgrades. Anyway, uh, cheers, Christy. Thanks so much for calling. Arthur is next. Let's talk video games. Go ahead, Arthur. Hey, Ryan. It's Arthur and Alpharetta. Love the show. Love how you brought video games to Tesla recently with your great recommendations. My question is simple. Why are there no Teslas in Forza Horizon 5? I'd love to drive a Cybertruck early or a Roadster. Even if it's not real, it'd still be lots of fun. Uh, Googling, I saw that there was an earlier Model S on an earlier version of Forza Horizon. So what's going on? Is it a marketing thing, a rights thing? Thought you might have some unique insight. Anyway, keep up the great work. Arthur, thank you for bringing this up. The short version is that, yes, it is a rights thing. The way it works is that the video game makers, Microsoft, in the case of the Forza series, Forza Motorsport or Forza Horizon, Microsoft pays the car companies for the rights to use the cars in the game. Tesla, for whatever reason, clearly is no longer agreeing to have their cars in these games anymore. I will tell you, I have asked around about it in both companies, Microsoft and Tesla, and I have done what little I can to try and play matchmaker, but the reality is it goes way above my pay grade. Of course, I say I'm my pay grade. I'm not an employee of either Microsoft or Tesla, but I have tried. I, I can tell you that. So all I can tell you is here's hoping that they find a way to connect and, and make a deal because, uh, as you said, we, we have had Teslas in Forza games before, and I would quite like to get the next generation Roadster into the next Forza game because the Roadster is basically a video game car in real life. Therefore, it makes perfect sense for the video game car to be in a video game. Thanks, Arthur. Uh, here's Elizabeth from Los Gatos, as promised earlier, talking about, on the very topic I mentioned her with earlier, talking about service down in her neck of the woods in the very Tesla-tastic South Bay. Go ahead, Elizabeth. Hello, Ryan McCaffrey. This is Elizabeth from Los Gatos, California. Just calling more with a comment. I'm so excited that Tesla, the body shops, they're just doing so much better. Now, um, I had had some work done last year when I got into a little fender bender, and it took weeks to get in. It took over a week and a half to get fixed. Uh, really kind of just a lot of drama involved. And uh, just recently, last week, um, had another issue that I had to get my bumper and um, driver's side panel redone and literally made an appointment on the app. They called me that day, made an, 
made the appointment, it got all set up, all distance. Um, you know, from a distance, we looked at the car, marked it. It was so nice that during this shelter in place that they were super respectful of being clean and staying distant. And then when I picked it up, it was literally touchless. All my paperwork was in the passenger side of the car. And if I had any questions, I could just give them a call. They were right inside the building. Uh, my car was beautifully detailed and all pretty and ready back to drive. So just really excited to see that they're getting uh, better and quicker with their body shops because I know that's always been an issue. And, um, of course, that's the San Jose, California one. So, uh, anyway, I hope they have more and they're continuing to test it. A shout-out to uh, Corey at the, at the body shop there. He did a great job taking care of me. Keep up the good work, Ryan. I absolutely love your podcast. Hope you see you soon. Bye-bye. Great to hear from you, Elizabeth. Uh, I am happy to pass along kind words to Tesla for good customer service. Really, it's because you know, it's human nature, unfortunately, and I'm certainly we're all guilty of it, I think. At least I guess I can only speak for myself. I'm certainly guilty of it. You, I, you tend to only speak up when we're not happy about something, you know, when it comes to the Internet. And, and uh, so it's great to hear that you've, you've had a great experience. And, you know, it's an anecdotal example of Tesla walking the walk after Elon had talked up having same-day turnarounds on bodywork and just generally improved bodywork service as far as the turnarounds on that. So, I mean, that was supposedly a priority for Tesla, and it's good to see them deliver on that, uh, certainly at least in your, again, very Tesla-tastic San Jose, South Bay area. Cheers, Elizabeth. Austin from Sacramento is next. Go ahead, Austin. I'm calling in because I thought of a, a great feature that they could add to the Model 3. When I load a bike into the rear of my Model 3, I have to open all four doors because I have to push the front seats forward a little bit so the rear headrests don't rub against the front seats when I fold them down. If Tesla added a button on the screen that could move both seats forward just enough to where that wouldn't happen, uh, you could fold down the rear seats without having to open up the front doors as well. And then when you're done, you could hit a button that would just return the seats to where they were before that button was pressed. Thought that'd be a great feature that could save me a lot of time and somewhat embarrassment having to run around and open all four doors just to load my bike into my car sometimes. Love the podcast. Listen every week. Thanks. Yeah, Austin, I, I see what you're being there. Basically, like how the Model Y has the button in the back in the cargo area to fold down the rear seats. So I like that. Thank you very much for calling in with that. Hopefully somebody from Tesla maybe uh, maybe thinks about that, adds that to the wish list for future little Model 3 tweaks. Brian from Pennsylvania is next, responding to something from a couple of shows back. Go ahead, Brian. Hey, Ryan, this is Brian from Wapwallopin, Pennsylvania. Listening to your recent podcast, you were talking about the new Roadster and having the 600-mile range and what it would cost to charge it at a supercharger. My question is, obviously, charging rates vary and costs for kilowatt hours, you know, vary. Where here in Pennsylvania, I'm paying 12 cents a kilowatt hour, so... Um, I would think it would be a lot cheaper here than maybe what you were quoting, but my question, maybe someone else has already pointed this out, your math seems fuzzy, um, just in a basic layman's terms. Um, I've commented before on my old 1996 Mazda Protege, which is finally dying and going to the scrapyard. It has about a 340-mile range on a full tank of gas, 
and it costs, um, when it was $3 a gallon, it would cost about $30 to fill it. So for a 600-mile range, it would be about $60, pretty simple math there. And that comes out to basically the same cost as a roadster. And I already know an electric car costs about a third or maybe even less to run than a ICE car. So trying to figure out where your math came from and maybe it needs to be redone, maybe, or maybe I'm missing something, because that is always a possibility. Thanks very much and keep up the good work. Brian, thank you for calling. I should have clarified what I was specifically referring to there in that example, and that was Tesla's supercharger fees, which can vary by being either per minute rates or per kilowatt hour rates. I believe that's depending on state-specific regulations, but as far as which one of those two categories it falls into. But in the latter scenario, the per kilowatt hour rates, uh, the supercharger rates are 28 cents per kilowatt hour, which works out to, if I'm doing the math right, $56 for a full charge on that Tesla Roadster at a supercharger. You're right, of course, though, that at home, it would be much, 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 much cheaper than that. So thanks for calling in. As always, one more call for this week's episode, and that comes from Joey in Columbus. Go ahead, Joey. Hi, Ryan. This is uh, Joey calling from Columbus, Ohio. Um, I called a couple months ago uh, regarding some issues with a car wash. Like how to, not really an issue, but how you car wash uh, with a Tesla. Uh, anyway, I picked up my Model Y um, just on Sunday and just wanted to respond to uh, one of the callers that called in last week uh, regarding some issues with like fit and finish and things not being right. Uh, I went in to pick up my car and was a little concerned that, you know, from all the stuff that I'd read that there was going to be some issues. Um, and, and while there are a few things that I think could be better, uh, the Tesla service has been, uh, pretty quick to, uh, respond to those and, and said that they'll get them fixed. Um, overall, I love this car. Uh, I'm six foot two and I feel like I fit very comfortably in the front seat. Um, so, um, I don't know if a Model X would be uh, necessary, especially for the, the difference in the price. But overall, I think this is going to be a great car for our family. Uh, lots of room in the back for storage. And like I said, uh, fit in there pretty comfortably. Uh, the only thing that I would say is maybe the width might feel a little tight at first, um, but overall pretty good. So uh, enjoying the car. Can't wait to get it wrapped. And then uh, we're going to go out on some adventures in Ohio. So thank you for everything you do with your podcast and look forward to uh, future episodes. Joey, thanks so much for calling. And hey, congratulations on your Model Y. I'm glad to hear that you've been really satisfied so far. The time that it takes to get it wrapped will be worth it, I promise you, certainly in my experience. And then you've got plenty of summertime still left for those adventures. So Drive it in good health. All right, thanks to everybody who called in this week. Again, if you'd like to give me a buzz, feel free in one of those two easy ways that I mentioned at the top of the segment, and I'll do more calls uh, probably, well, maybe not next week with the earnings call show. Those tend to go along. But in any case, drop me a line, and I will get to your calls soon-ish for sure. All right, stick with me. I've got your pro tip of the week and more coming up right after this. 
This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out. Thank you, Master Chief. Yes, ooh, this week, this week, it's earnings call and it's the Xbox showcase where we're finally going to get to see the Halo Infinite campaign. We're going to finally see this game and see what it's all about. It's been five years since the last mainline Halo. I'm very, very excited for this one. All right, anyway, back on topic. Uh, as far as what I've been doing with my car, like I said, I am honestly just grateful and happy to have my car back. I mean, every time I drive my wife's car, and, and again, I seriously, I don't mean this as a, as a slight against her car. I'm not trying to hate, but it's when I'm in an, another non, I'll just say any non-Tesla, it really reminds me of how honestly lucky and grateful that I am to own a Model 3. I mean, it is, it is a wonderful, incredible privilege that I try not to take for granted. Uh, real quick, video game suggestion, keeping that rolling for those of you still working from home, hanging at home, uh, just sheltering in place. Wanted to mention a, one of the best games, a series of games that you can now get in a collection, Batman Arkham Collection. It's three Batman games made by a wonderful developer by the name of Rocksteady, who's based out of the UK. And the Batman Arkham Collection, again, three titles, all three are excellent. I think Arkham City, which is the second one, that's my favorite. Some people like the first one, which is Arkham Asylum, the best. The third one, Arkham Knight, little flawed, particularly towards the end, gets a little excessive with the Batmobile. But generally speaking, these games are tremendous. Uh, this is the first time that Batman's ever really, and I would argue as a video, as a professional video game critic, the first time Batman's ever really been properly translated to video game form, complete with, I mean, this thing's got both really powerful combat, but also ninja-like stealth and detective kind of stuff. So it's a wonderful series of games. You can pick up the collection on PS4, Xbox One, or PC. They're a little dark, the stories. I mean, it also, by the way, features the voice actors from the Batman animated series, the tremendous, awesome series from the 90s. So you've got Mark Hamill as the Joker, Kevin Conroy as Batman. Uh, so just awesome voice work. This, the stories are really good in these games. They are dark, so maybe not... Uh, some of it, some of it, I would say, is not kid-appropriate. There's not really blood or gore. I mean, Batman's kicking the crap out of bad guys, but it's not really in a violent way, but some of the story stuff gets pretty dark, so I guess I got to issue a little bit of a parental advisory on that should you decide to pick that up and uh, and play it with your kids around. All right, pro tip of the week time, Matursian from Toronto, another regular caller, has got a pro tip. Matursian, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. Hope you're doing wonderful. I have a little tip for your audience. Uh, it's about blind spots. Every single car have uh, a blind spot. But Tesla, you know, did something really good and ingenious, uh, which is adding two repeaters. So when you go to your regular backup camera, press the camera icon, uh, you get your backup camera, of course. And when you swipe up now, if you're on the newest update, which is 2020.24.6, I think, you get two repeaters, uh, the left and the right. So you, you 
basically cover all your blind spot. And if you want to be even sure when you're on the highway or anywhere, for that matter, you can actually use, when, when your car is in drive, you can actually use your three fingers to zoom in and out of your uh, 3D uh, visualization on the screen. And you can also use your two fingers to zoom in and out and one finger to, you know, just go around and look around and uh, all that stuff. Uh, so it's really useful. Um, hope your car is doing fine. Um, thanks for listening and uh, I'll talk to you later. Thank you, Matertian. I totally agree about the new repeater camera views. The backup camera on its own is pretty well wide angle enough to cover you, but the repeater cameras really make sure. And yes, I have definitely used the rendered cars on the left side of the Model 3 screen to check for cars in my blind spot before. It's not 100% reliable. You gotta still always make sure to physically look or check the repeater cameras, but 99% of the time, it is a great, great way to spot check. Thanks so much. And again, if you've got a pro tip of the week, something that you've picked up about your Tesla, uh, either yourself or from a friend or, or what have you, something interesting that's not obvious or in the manual that uh, might be of interest to your fellow Tesla owners and enthusiasts, please feel free to call in with it the same way that you call in with the Ride the Lightning hotline. All right, let me just say uh, hi and make a few offers here to you that may be of use to you from a few friends of the podcast starting with puretesla.com slash RTL. Pure Tesla makes the one-stop shop dash cam sentry mode kit. You've got the $49 kit that's 128 gigs. You can step it up and do a 256 gigabyte kit for $69 if you so choose. I'm running the 128 and it seems plenty. Uh, but anyway, it comes fully formatted, ready to go. It's micro SD based, so it is designed for the frequent, constant reading, writing, reading, writing. That thing's not going to wear out. It's going to be a good investment for you on the sentry mode. So please go to puretesla.com slash RTL in order to pick that up. Meanwhile, we've got the snap plate for Model 3, Model Y, and Model X, which you can get at livingtesla.com slash RTL that front license plate bracket for people like me that hate front license plates. It snaps on and off in seconds, comes with the tool you need, so you can even keep that tool in the glove box or, or in the frunk, uh, frunk or trunk somewhere, so if you wanna take it on and, and off easily, you can do that. So if you wanna take it off for car shows, put it on at parking meters, take it off to clean the car, put it on for toll roads, uh, whatever you wanna do, you can get that nice, awesome, easy snap plate, and you can get that again at livingtesla.com slash RTL. Uh, meanwhile, abstractocean.com has got all kinds of great Tesla accessories, from tempered glass screen protectors to awesome, super bright, or even colored lights, if you want lighting kits for the interior of the car, as well as those awesome different styles of wraps for the center console. That center console that's so fingerprint, dust, and scratch prone, why not get rid of that? Put on a nice wrap for it yourself using one of those cool styles that they've got several styles to choose from. AbstractOcean.com and use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout and you'll get 15% off of your first order. Meanwhile, Jada, they've got the 
new version three of the wireless charging pad. Uh, I've got the version two. They did reach out. They're kindly sending me one of the version threes. So I will be able to tell you very soon about uh, just real world, like actually what I think of the, the upgrade from V2 to V3. But uh, in any case, the V3 charges faster. It uses, uh, they say it's, it's a grippier material that they're making it out of. So the phone really stays in place even a little bit better. So anyway, uh, they've got the wireless charging pad for Model 3 or, uh, of course, that's for all but the newest Model 3s that come with it built in, but still plenty of Model 3s out there that could stand to have a wireless charging pad. So if you're interested in that or for the 3 or the Y, including the new ones, a USB hub that'll get you some extra USB ports, including some USB-C ports. If you're interested in either or both of those, please use my referral link to order them. And that link is getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight, and Jada spelled J-E-D-A. Finally, uh, of course, there is Immaculate Reflections, who just took excellent care of me once again. Discount is available for listeners of the show. I can personally vouch for that because I just used the discount this week when I picked up my car and uh, paid the bill. So uh, Jeff at Immaculate Reflections does incredible work. If you want to do ceramic coating, you want to do paint correction, you want to do paint protection film on some or all of the car, whatever you want to do, uh, Jeff will work with you on your budget and what you know the stuff you want to get done. He's happy to figure out what's best for you and your car. So you can get in touch with him via his website or just look up some of his work on his site, which is irdetailing.com. All right, uh, that will about wrap it up. Oh, I guess I'll mention as well my Patreon. Uh, I do work very hard on this podcast. I take a lot of pride in it. I try to put as much time and energy and enthusiasm and love into it each week as I possibly can. A lot of research goes into it as well. I, I you know, use my journalistic background to try and make sure I'm always passing along good, correct information. So if you're willing and able to support me on Patreon, I would sincerely appreciate it because it really does make a big difference for me and my family. Patreons, it's, it's a thing where every little bit helps. You know, if, uh, enough people chip in on, on a, you know, it's a recurring monthly thing that you're pledging and it really does make a, a positive difference. So you can find out more about that on my Patreon page, which is found at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Subscribe on just about any major podcast service. Uh, and that, of course, subscribing to the podcast is free. It just means it'll auto-deliver itself to you each time there's a new episode. Uh, I'm also, I am on YouTube, but again, it's just an audio feed. There's no video on there. But if you do listen to podcasts via, uh, via YouTube, you can find me on there. Just search Ride the Lightning Tesla, and you should find my channel right away. Uh, that will about wrap it up. Let me thank the Patreon producers before I go. These are the folks who support me at a level such that they get several little perks, including a shout-out at, uh, at the end of each week's episode, of which we have now reached the end of the show. So thank you so much to Pete White, 
George Cassiopo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Robert Merrickle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Lawton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Jerry and Mary Smith, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Daniel Grummer, Jeremy, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy Harris, Rob Brewer, Ron Lee, John Cody, Matthew Wright, Charlie Gillespie, Kaz Barnes, Neil Weaver, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peak, Will Stedman, Evie Tricity UK, Stig Mickey Jensen, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, Richard Fulkers, Matt Kalen, Trenton from New Myrtle Beach, pardon me, The Lydia Family, Michael Regal, Mark Eversole, Ish, Ramey from TeslaProTips.com, Chris Beach, Aaron Altschul, Steve Radspinner, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, uh, Strack pardon me, and uh, as well, Seth Capello. Thank you all so very much for your continued support. Again, it all adds up, makes a big difference for me, so I sincerely appreciate it. For a, oh yeah, passed out box of the puppy over there. Actually, she technically won't be a puppy for long. By next week's show, Daisy will have turned three. She'll officially be an adult dog. Although if I have any other boxer owners out there, you know pretty well, boxers never really grow up. They're kind of puppies their whole lives. So happy early birthday this coming week to Daisy, the boxer who's... I'll, I'll, I'll tell her later. She's sleeping. Anyway, I wish you all a wonderful, healthy, happy, and safe week. Happy electric motoring. And I'll see you back for the earnings call, the, the earnings highlights show coming up next week. I'll see you then. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.